Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of... The Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Off and rolling Wednesday hump day, September 20th, 2023. Welcome into the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host. Gabe Kuhn, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn show. That'd be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Make sure you get over to Celtic for trivia tonight. Connor, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm cheating on you again. Yes, you are. You constantly cheat. It's sad. How dare you? It's sad. Why don't you ask that? Why don't you ask the trivia host you're going to see tonight to produce your show? See if, see if they could do that. No, see, I don't I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that at see, all. See, I was having a great day. I'm pre- you know, when it comes to... I was having to, a great day until I heard this news. Well, but listen, fiancé loves Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It's Harry Potter trivia. Yes, blame it on the fiancé. Yes. Is that okay? Can I not do that? I have Harry Potter questions, Gabe. We have them all the time. Well, but this is full Harry Potter trivia. We do that, too. Okay. I was having a great day. I watched Citizen Kane last night. How was I, that? Oh, it was wonderful. Wonderful. I get why people think it's boring, but <laughs> I'm a film nerd, so it's up my alley. I listened to today. I listened to the 1938 broadcast of War of the Worlds by Orson Welles, and it was uh, kind of scary, like really scary. I understand why people had full panic attacks and people thought the world was ending in 1938 when that was broadcast. Really? Yeah. And the first five seconds of you- it, he says. This is how not. This is fiction. It's an it? hour. It's fifty-nine minutes. Oh my god! So in the first five seconds, they talk about how it's fictional, and in the last five seconds, they talk about it. But in the middle, if you're thirty seconds late, you think you're being invaded Citizen by Kane Mars. and War of the Worlds in a less than a twenty-four hour period. Oh, it's been an Orson Welles day for me, my friend. There you go. That brother. booming voice of Orson Welles. I hear you. Is he a good broadcaster? Was he a good broadcaster? Uh, one of the best ever. Okay. One of literally Shout one out. of the best ever. Yes. Yes. Well done, well done. So you have been you've been busy in the past what twelve hours basically? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but th- three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of ninety two nine FM, ESPN, and yours truly. We're going to open on overreaction, not an overreaction, and uh, there's a lot of things we have to get to there. Um, there has a vid- there was a video that surfaced of Mizzou's quarterback Brady Cook. Doesn't look good. 
It does not look good. It doesn't look like he's been participating in practice. Certainly not uh, a full participant. Um, but the video I saw, no helmet, big old knee brace on his right leg, along with a leg sleeve on his right leg, and he was not moving around well. Didn't have, didn't have cleats on, had flats on, had tennis shoes. So I'll, we'll talk about that and if, if Brady Cook will play or not. Uh, we have a relegation uh, situation, a brewing in college football. I'm going to tell you if I think it's a good or a bad idea. And then also Justin Fields, this is, this is kind of fun. He spoke to the media today, and he's blaming his coaching for, for what has happened the first two weeks with him. Which I can't I, – listen, I can fully understand, but at the same time, got to have better than a 22.2 QBR in two games. I think – is that a fair assessment? I think it's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, we'll take a trip around the NFL at 530, and there's a lot of things to discuss there. It looks like Kareem Hunt will be reunited with the Browns. And uh, the Bears just keep going through it. Outside of the Justin Fields thing, it looks like Allen Williams, their D.C., has stepped down. There's a lot of rumors, scary rumors, circulating about why he's doing so. But in his statement, he said he just wants to spend more time with family and he plans to coach again. But we'll get to that when we get to that. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock from the Jeff Calkins Show on the Daily Memphian. And per uh, normal on a Wednesday, 6 o'clock guest will be Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas. We'll talk college football and the SEC as we have six rank-versus-ranked matchups, including Ole Miss at Bama and Ohio State at Notre Dame. We'll, we'll cover all of that. And uh, also, I'm going to have to talk to him about Arkansas. I sort of wonder, and I'm going to have to bring this up, Sam Pittman has been a godsend to that Arkansas program who was just down and out with Chad Morris. Chad Morris is one of the worst coaches I've seen in, in the Power Five and really in Division One college football. Whenever we played him when he was at SMU, it was a day off. Like, we knew we were going to absolutely shellack them. That's the truth of it. And granted, he won seven games there, and that ultimately got him to Arkansas. Um, so Sam Pittman has, has righted some wrongs there, but has he peaked? Has he maxed out what he can accomplish at Arkansas? Because I know there's a lot in the fan base that are discussing that. And I'm going to add the talk with Ty Richardson as well about that. We'll hop into the Blitz at about 6.30. Um, and Memphis has a student madness. Not Memphis madness at FedEx Forum. It'll be at El Marone. 2,500 deep. All students. But there will be a stream. So we're going to have a lot of people watching via stream. So there is that. There is that. But that's the show for today. Let's go ahead and start up this Wednesday show with overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to wild and crazy guys. That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Good Show from 92.9. A video has surfaced of Mizzou starting quarterback Brady Cook this week in practice, and it doesn't look great. In their win over Kansas State, he suffered a hyperextended knee that will threaten his status for the game in St. Louis versus Memphis. In the video, he has a brace on his right knee and in his sneakers. All of this said, Brady Cook will not play this weekend. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Not an overreaction. I, I mean, I, did you see the video? He can't move. He can't move it. He cannot move. Now, I, I have to give him a lot of credit. He threw for 356 yards, two TDs, didn't throw an INT, and he it happened early in that Kansas State game. He gutted through it. Now, I, I think there's another part of me. He's from Chaminade Prep. He's from the city of St. Louis. Uh, trained at the same place I trained when I was growing up at uh, Elite Performance Academy, Elite Football Academy. He's going to have a, a extra reason to try to gut this thing out and get on the field. But based on what I saw – 
a big old knee brace on his right knee, a, a leg sleeve there. He's in his sneakers. He didn't have a helmet on. He didn't have shoulder pads on. It doesn't look like it's going to, to work in his favor right now. That knee, I mean, and also, like, you just think about them getting into SEC play. You don't want to put yourself in harm's way in a non-conference game when you have the SEC uh, slate on the way. So I, I wonder what that staff is thinking at this moment. If he doesn't go, this guy by the name of Sam Horn, he's a freshman that will be put in there, a redshirt freshman, I, said, I should say. He's, he's three for five in his career, one TD, one INT in his redshirt year because they changed the redshirt rules as long as you don't play in four games or whatever it is. Uh, he's number 21. Um, but the line for this game has gone from minus seven in Mizzou's favor to minus five and a half. Feels like Vegas knows something. I have a very hopeful mindset about what the Memphis Tigers can do in St. Louis come Saturday at 6.30 on ESPNU. I feel very good about where they're at right now. I, I understand that Navy game did not go according to plan. First half defense didn't show up. The offense had lulls throughout that game. It looked ugly for a long, long, long time, and you wanted them to go cover that spread against Navy and show their dominance, but they didn't. Now, they were on a short week. There's a lot of reasons to, to you know, we could make a lot of excuses for why it was as close as it was. But when we look at the formula for a potential upset, there is so many things working in the Memphis Tigers' favor when it comes to this game. One, you're talking about a long week of preparation. They played Navy last Thursday. They've had a long time to get prepped for this Mizzou game. Two, down a quarterback potentially, or at least a hobbled quarterback in Mizzou. That's another thing. Three, we have Mizzou basically going on the road across the state about an hour and a half to St. Louis to play in America's Dome. Listen, I I understand that there's still going to be a pro-Mizzou crowd, but it may be a little more sleepy than normal. I don't know how many people are going to make that trek from Columbia to St. Louis. I know it's not that far, but that's a big stadium they have to fill out. They're used to filling out Faro Field relatively easily. They're not at home. They have to travel. That's another thing. I, I just look at all of these things. And then fourth, Kansas State. That was an emotional win. We had a field rush for the number 15 team in the country. They're, they're riding high. They feel good. 61-yarder goes through the uprights to win them that game by three of the final seconds. There's so many things that work in Memphis's favor here to at least be very competitive in this game and potentially get over top. I like my chances right now, but we'll see the status of Brady Cook as it goes along. But it does not look good by any stretch of the imagination. I want to ask you a behind-the-scenes question. You know, what mm-hmm. is it like at practice for an offense when the QB1 is not able to prep with you and you're having to get ready for a big game like this without that player? When you're having to, you're having to get used to another quarterback, a, a, a different style of play, how does that affect the offense? How does that affect the offense? Pretty mightily because you're not used to working with this guy. Now, here, here's the thing. You have to have the next man up mentality. You have to move on with your life. You, can't, you, you have to plan as if that starter is not going to play and you're going to have to move forward that way. Now, this is the one interesting sort of wrinkle that, that comes into these conversations. You're planning for Brady Cook if you're at the University of Memphis. If, uh, if you have Sam Horn starting, he has a little bit of a different style. He can run the ball a little bit more. You can get some wrinkles with the read option, so maybe that could affect – uh, the game planning for the University of Memphis. But as an offense, if I'm if I'm Mizzou right now, you just have to move forward without the guy that you have entrusted your entire offseason, entire year with. And that is not a good feeling in the slightest. 
But I, I, I mean, based on what I'm seeing, based on you know the 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 video that has surfaced, Brady Cook, it's going to be an uphill battle to get him on the field on Saturday. We're three days away from a game, okay, and he's not. He doesn't look like he's in any shape to play a game. On the Memphis side of things, do you still prep for Mizzou as if Brady Cook is going to be playing, or do you start to almost assume that the backup's going to be the one I don't think there's that big of a difference between Brady Cook and Sam Horn from a stylistic standpoint. They're still going to run Eli Drinkwitz's system. They're still going to move forward that way. But um, I think you, you, you plan for Brady Cook, and if you get that backup quarterback, you, you move forward that way. There, there was a, There is times, though, where – I remember we were playing at Houston one year. It was the big comeback. Paxton threw a late interception in 2014. It was a really big game in TDECU when they first had opened it, the, the stadium there in Houston. And uh, Greg Ward was the starting quarterback for Houston. He got knocked out in the first half. They bring in a guy named, I believe it was Kyle Postma, and he was a completely different style of quarterback. He, could, he st- stood in the pocket a little bit more. Um, but the guys had practiced all week on keeping Greg Ward in the pocket and getting him down because he was so, so dangerous with, with his legs that when they switched up the styles on him and started pushing the ball more downfield, our defense started to give up gashes, and they ultimately allowed Houston to come back in that game. I don't think the difference is that stark between uh, Brady Cook and Sam Horn, though. So I think it, it'll be less of an issue this week compared to w- what it was like then. All right, big one. Bear with me here. I'm about to okay. be reading for a while. While the Pac-2, Oregon State and Washington State, decide what's next for themselves from a conference alignment standpoint, one idea has been presented that's very interesting. Ross Dellinger reports that his idea, the Mountain West and Pac-2, striking a partnership around a relegation system for football that would be managed by a single commissioner through their membership, though their membership may fluctuate, at least in football. On an annual or biannual basis, the Pac-2 and Mountain West would each... Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Have at least eight members for a total of 16 teams. Then, each year or two, two teams from each conference are relegated and promoted. Two promoted from the Mountain West to the Pac-12 and two relegated from the Pac-12 to the Mountain West. Some folks have already discussed it as being gimmicky in nature. So my question to you, relegation 
is a bad idea in college football, overreaction or not an overreaction. And I want to mention up top, this is this is theoretical. This is just an idea that's been posed, strictly an idea. This is not, you know, in rotation yet. They're not discussing it yet. They'd have to merge, you know, the Pac-2, the what's remaining of the Pac-12 and Oregon State and Washington State and the Mountain West. But if if your question to me is relegation is a bad idea in college football, a bad idea in college football, overreaction or not an overreaction, I think that's an overreaction. And the reason I say that is because I think ultimately when you're the Mountain West and you're, you're trying to stay alive and you're trying to prove your worth in this day and age of college football and college athletics, you, you do, there's no reason not to be gimmicky. I mean, is it, I think it's gimmicky on, on its own laurels, the fact that we have the ACC with two West Coast. The Atlantic Coastal Conference has two West Coast teams right now. That's gimmicky in nature in itself. Now, when you're a, a school like or a, a conference like the Mountain West, what do you want to do? You want to raise your visibility. You want to make sure eyes get on you. You want your TV ratings to be high so you show your value long term in college football and in college athletics. And I think that some of those nasty games at the end of the year could mean a whole lot more. Let's be honest. UNLV versus New Mexico at the end of the year to make sure that you could play into the Pac-12, that would mean something. Now, does it mean a whole lot more? No. And I think there's a lot of people that would argue and basically tell you it's not going to mean anything either way. But why wouldn't you try? Why wouldn't you make the effort to go make it happen? Is it gimmicky? Yes. But at the same time, I don't see why it's not worth trying. I don't see... Why, why you wouldn't make the effort to sort of raise your TV ratings and make things mean a little bit more, right? Like, that's where I'm at. I don't know if this is ultimately going to happen. I would bet against it ultimately happening. But I like that you're trying to be proactive. You're trying to push things out. Be new. Be different so you can raise your visibility to the national public, to the national uh, viewers, consumers of college football. I don't mind it in that aspect. I'll say that. I think it's an inspired idea. I'm not sure this is the situation that it needs to be applied to, but I don't hate the idea of relegation in college football as a whole. I think it makes – I do think that there is a world in which relegation makes sense for college football. I'm just not sure how or where it's going to be. For some reason, when you first talked to me about relegation, I first saw this idea. My initial thought was, okay, I understand why Dellinger is is proposing it for the Pac-2 in the Mountain West. I think that makes sense. If it does happen, I actually think it would be kind of exciting. The the bottom two teams, the top two teams right. in each, it would it would be interesting. It would get intense. It'd almost be like the play-in tournament yes. in a way. When my first idea though was like Pat was like going to the Power Five versus not being in it. Yeah. That's where I think things could get that's, interesting that's with relegation. The thing, though, if you're going to go with this idea, it can't be two bottom tier conferences in the group of five, <laughs> right? right? Exactly. We're playing yourselves into a group of five conference. No, that wouldn't mean anything. As long as the Pac-12 like kept some type of autonomy and became and still was considered a Power Five conference, this thing could work. I don't think that's going to be the case though, right? I mean, you don't have enough power no. in, each, in each of those conferences to sort of save the Pac-12 from being a group of five or being a, a you know, lower-level conference. Well, ultimately, I think the biggest obstacle to this is the Pac-12 in and of itself. They seem to be not forward-thinking in a way, so I'm not what? sure. They are I, 
I would be, I guess they're they still think that they're so prestigious yes. as a conference that I could see them being like, oh, we're Although, not, we're not doing point, you can't you win Oregon, your way into the Pac-12 and it's like oh, at come this on. point like the, it's Washington State and Oregon State calling the shots based on what we've seen that happen is in the, in the that past is two true. weeks. I don't think they're going to be as prestigious now that they're only they they have to find. I guess a, what I'm saying is the leadership of it out. worries yeah, me. Ultimately, yeah, like in the past. <laughs> But I, I, I am for inventiveness. I am for trying to raise your standard, trying to be different, trying to get people that may be casual viewers of college football to tune in and see who can get into the Power Five versus who's going to be left out. That's fun to me. It is. I think it's gimmicky. I will say that. It is very gimmicky. That's why it's just an idea right now. But I am, I am. if they ultimately went this direction, I would not blame them, and I would be very interested in the product by the end of the year. But once you get to Week 10, you have to win this to be able to keep your hopes alive to get into the Pac-12. That would be, that would be fun to watch. Right. I'm sorry. That's why, you know, yes, it, it is gimmicky in a way. I don't think that gimmicks are inherently bad, though. You yeah, know, gimmicks no. can work out. And I, To and, your and, point, and, it and, would, and, I think that it, it would make the football interesting for a fan base who is not having a great season, but they would still have to care through the end. You've got you to run through the tape when you have something like relegation on the table. So, like I said, I'm not sure how it would be applicable to college football, but I do see a world in which it yes. could become a thing. We, it has been extremely successful in yeah, soccer, in yeah. football, whatever. Yeah. It has been extremely successful. It's one of the things. There's a whole show on Hulu right now, Welcome to Rexham, that is built around it, and it's fascinating to watch. And the passion that it creates within the fan base and, and the want for success I think is important. And it feels like one of those deals where we're losing a lot of the pageantry. We're losing a lot exactly. of that stuff like, in college football. So if you can invent a new way to bring that passion back, I'm all for it. I see a lot of people that have been against this idea and just call it uh, stupid off the top because they, they seem, there seems to be a, a, a relative resistance to change. But we've changed so damn Everything's much. Everything's changing. Everything has morphed. It's gone. So, like, why not is all I'll say. Like, there, there was a point where if you said Stanford and Cal were going to be in the Atlantic Coastal Conference. You would have slapped I, you would, me. You would, yeah, you, you would have like, what kind throat. of idiotic, stupid idea is that? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But that's our reality today. So, like, you can shoot this idea down all you want, but it could be our reality tomorrow. And I think that, you know... I, I am not against any transformative idea. We've transformed enough, Listen, right? We, I, we, we have shown that we are leaving the way we know college football in the past. We have, we've left that. So I think any change at this point, fine. I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to resist it. If a year ago, uh, to your point, if a year ago you told someone Stanford and Cal are going to be in the ACC, the Pac-12 is going to be the Pac-2, and they're looking to merge with the Mountain West to survive, someone's going to be like, what drugs are you taking, yeah, exactly. and where can I get them? Yes. Because that's an insane idea to have. However, it happened in about three months. So things can change so quickly in college football, especially right now it feels so volatile across the board. But, and here's the, big, here's the ultimate answer. If the TV, if they think it's a good idea, and they think it can bring money, it's going to happen. See, this is why you know a bad idea in college football as a whole, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. It's about the money. I think there's been a lot of bad ideas that have been pushed through, okay? And I, I don't know if it's applicable in this particular situation because right, right. I don't Not think the Pac-12. It, it I don't think be. the Pac-12 is going to keep autonomy. And then if you had two separate conferences playing into each other because one's slightly better, it's like, what is well, that? Well, if do? you're the Mountain West, you're what like, why do? aren't you trying? Yeah. Why are we not the top dogs? Yeah. We got the numbers. There's yes. two of you. Why are we? Why are but, we but, getting relegated? But yeah. Could you imagine, like, if you were like, you know, playing SEC and they had two separate 
uh, entities. One was better than the other. And you had Arkansas versus Oklahoma in Week 12 to play themselves into the upper division of the SEC. Would that not move the needle? I think it would. I absolutely think it would. It's a change, but damn, it would bring in TV ratings, and that's what they want. Isn't yeah. It? So yeah, I don't think it. I don't think this version of relegation is ever going to exist in college football. However, I like. I do. Like the idea of it. I like the idea of it. I am interested to see if it can be applied anywhere. If it's not, that's okay. If it is one day, though, I think it could be a money-making machine. It would keep passion throughout the end of the season, um, as long as Tennessee's not in one of those games. <laughs> or Memphis. Because <laughs> that would be absolute hell. But but people people would... I, but it would be, it would be exciting. It you, would be nerve-wracking. You'd, you'd have fan bases losing their mind every week as you get to like week nine and later if they're having a, a rough season. Yeah. Let's be honest. Absolutely. That's the truth of it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Next up, Justin Fields spoke to the media today, and he called out his coaching. Um, good day to do that. He says he needs to get back to the things he has done that have made him successful. The Bears are 0-2, and Justin Fields has just a 22.2 QBR in those losses. The Justin Fields experience in Chicago is in danger, overreaction, or not an overreaction? Not an overreaction in the slightest. You come into this season with all this hope around Justin Fields, who ran for 1,134 yards last year, and that offense looked good down the stretch of the season. Defense still sunk. They didn't win games. But you said, okay, Justin Fields, you surround him with a couple of weapons. You bring in Chase Claypool. You bring in DJ Moore. You traded the first overall pick. You didn't want to get a quarterback to replace him. You're saying, okay, I think that this could be our franchise quarterback. And through two games, it's 22.2 QBR, and he's been pretty brutal. Like, And there's a lot of different reasons that's the case. But uh, there's a lot of different things he said at the press conference today that I want to go through here. Um, basically, they, they asked about him playing so robotic. And his quote was, my goal is to say F it and go out and play football how I know how to play football. That includes thinking less and playing off instincts rather than so much info in my head, data in my head. What I'd say to him is you have to have info in your head and you have to get through your reads as an NFL quarterback, but that's beyond the point. He went on to say, it's a game and that's it. That's when I play my best, when I'm just out there playing free and being myself. Uh, then it, they, they asked a question, why have you been so robotic lately? And he said, it could be coaching, I think. At the end of the day, they're doing their job when they're giving me what to look at. But at the end of the day, I can't be thinking about that when the game comes. But again, I mentioned it, 22.2 QBR in the first two games. He has a 10 losses, 10 straight losses as a starter. At some point in your NFL career, when you're taken as, as highly as Justin Fields was, we're talking about a top 10 quarterback pick, you become what you are, like what your stats tell you you are. And I'm not a big wins or a QB stat guy. I think you can be a great quarterback and still lose games. Look at what C.J. Stroud's doing with the Texans right now. He's probably the best rookie quarterback. He's thrown for a lot of yards, but that team's no good, right? So it becomes tough. But he is 5-22 and overall as a starter. That's not good. Now, there's, there's some things that have happened over the years. He's been sacked 101 times in his career. That's absolutely insane. But his completion percentage is 59.8%. He's thrown 26 TDs to 24 INTs. He's fumbled the ball 31 times. He's averaging just 156.5 passing yards per game in his career. And I think what we saw today with him at the podium, he's trying to change the narrative here. He's trying to take a little bit of the onus off of himself and the blame off of himself. And I don't blame him because when desperate times hit, when desperate times call – 
you have to bring in desperate measures, right? You got to tell your truth. You got to you got to try to insulate yourself at least a tad bit. I don't know if it's going to work ultimately. And quite frankly, when he's talking about coaching, there is some things where I don't think he's fully wrong. I don't think he's great at getting through his progressions. There was a couple of plays last week. We had a clean pocket, wide open guys down the seam, a couple of wide open guys. He just missed them, and he just didn't look right. Um, but there, there was a situation where he had three straight uh, screen passes called on his own goal line when they were backed up. Ultimately, he got picked by the Bucks. They took it in for a, a, a touchdown that iced the game. But his usage this year has been strange to me. They're trying to make him a drop-back passer, and I think that you know, long-term that could work for him if you can, you can unlock that. But he rushed for 1,143 yards and eight TDs last year. You know how many times he's rushed the ball through two games this year? Four. No, it was four in the first game, 13. Oh, 13. 13 ultimately through two games. They're not using him right. He's very uncomfortable. That whole offense is very uncomfortable, and the defense isn't good enough to do anything for you and keep you in games. It's just a big struggle, and this really does add to my discussion yesterday, Connor. When we talk about the worst teams in football through two games, yeah, you can bring up the Arizona Cardinals all you want, but let's be honest. The Bears, considering the Justin Fields issue we've had today at the press conference, and you have Bears D.C. Allen Williams stepping away and resigning and there's rumors about some serious allegations horrific thing going his way like very shocking allegations going his way like that bears situation's a dumpster fire and i didn't think it would be this bad at this point and and also with allen williams you know their defense stinks matt aberflus is a defensive coach he brought in allen williams to coach that defense i think even without the the allegations that may come down here relatively soon, he probably they probably need to move off of him. Like his coaching performance has been miserable. He was twenty ninth. The Bears defense was twenty ninth in yardage allowed in the NFL last season. They're twenty ninth so far through two games this season. Maybe he needed to get fired anyway. This it's is just easy. This is an easy way to get rid of him. It's so odd to see. You know, because at the end of the season last year, there was some hope with Justin Fields. You, there were flashes of oh, this this could be what he could be in a full full off season. You know, get him some weapons at the wide receiver position. We're going to run him. He's, you know, we we know how to get this guy to be successful. And it's like they threw all of that out the window in the offseason. Well, they haven't been doing yes. it this year. I agree that he his his quick decision making has not been there this year. He's standing back there. It's almost like he's waiting. It waiting, seems waiting. like he's reading just one side of the well, field like he was. At to Ohio me, it's State. almost seemed like he's frustrated with how many design runs have been called for him. So he's almost trying to create circumstances to where he can take off. So he's like waiting, waiting, waiting so he can start to run. I just, I don't think they're setting him up for success, but I agree with you. He's also got to admit that he's got to be better. He's got to be better, period. Connor, at some point. Hang on to the football. It's that. Yes, but also. Hang on to the football. Also, at some point, you are what the numbers tell you, tell us you are. You're 5 22 as a starter. You've lost your 10 10 straight games as a starter. Your, your, your QBR is low. You've only thrown for 150 passing yards per game in your career. You'll, you've, you've thrown just about as many TDs as you have INTs, right? Your completion percentage is not near high enough. Like, at some point, and I'm not there fully with Justin Fields. I want to see how this progresses. Let's get halfway through the season, then we'll reassess, and then I can draw my full conclusion on it. But I'm very close to – Sort of saying that this Justin Fields era and him as a starting quarterback for the Bears may be may be, may be a losing battle. Well, that leads me to my to this question. I'm not sure if you've seen it today, but on on X there is a rumor that 
this is maybe a play to try to get a <laughs> trade request to the Jets. Who knows, man? I, don't, I wouldn't think that. That's not. You don't think so? I don't think you so. You and Garrett Wilson are tight. Yeah. I, I don't know, though. I, it doesn't make. I, for the Jets, if you're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers and get rolling next year. He's going to be back in four months, Gabe. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. <laughs> um, just like the procedure that the the procedure that Shohei Otani had, he's going to be back real quick, right? Um, but I I don't think that that would be that would be the play. And the Bears have shown they're going to stick by him at least for the time being to see if he can be a quarterback of the future. But these numbers are just, they don't lie, they don't lie to you. Honestly, I feel bad for Bears fans. It's it's got to be, it's miserable. It's got to be miserable. Every you have. It just seems like every year starts with so much hope. And like they by, beat the 49ers and to start the year week last three, year. three, we're like, it's over. <laughs> it's a wrap. Oh, it's by absolutely week, over. By week three, week four, every single season, I just feel like, ah, eh, it's a wrap. Somebody put up today, it's a graphic that needs to come with a trigger warning for all Bears fans on social media. It's Trubisky's stats and field stats through the same number of games. Trubisky's way better. It's w- not even wild. Close. It's crazy to even think that that could be a possibility, and it's the it's the facts of the situation. <sighs> so pray pray for your Bears fans today. It, it's ladies disgusting. And gentlemen. It's disgusting. But like now we're at we. I mean, Bears fans were so hopeful about this year, and now we're going on week three, and you have Justin Fields playing miserably, calling out the coaching, and you have your DC stepping away for a, a heinous rumors. Heinous rumors. That is just that's as bad as it gets. Well, silver lining is they have an easy match. Oh wait, it's the Chiefs. They're at the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, great. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, when you think of engagement rings, wedding bands, diamonds, think Robert Irwin Jewelers. Ring design is the number one thing women care about, and why all of Robert Irwin Jewelers rings are fully customizable. This is how customizable they are. If you have an idea in your head, you can go get a picture of it, or you can draw it if you're artistic, and they will make it come to life. That one of a kind ring just for you. But if you're not as artistic, guess what? You go into Robert Irwin Jewelers, one of their five locations, you can make that ring, customize that ring all by yourself. You choose a center stone, cut clarity, shape, size. You pick the setting. They will help you if you need it, but they have a lot of options for you to make that ring for your special someone that no one else has or has even ever tried on. It was designed totally by you for them. It always means more when you take the time to do something special. And no pressure at Robert Irwin Jewelers with their meant-to-be guarantee. You can buy your loose diamond and uh, custom engagement ring there and you have 365 days to return. And we know some things can happen. You know, we know that you can break up. We don't want to see it happen, but you can break up. You can refund it that way. If she doesn't like it, if she doesn't like the setting you've picked out, hopefully you have an idea of what she wants. But if she does not like it, guess what? You can bring it back and you can exchange it, figure something else out. So that no pressure guarantee, uh, meant to be guarantee from Robert Irwin Jewelers is, is something that they do that not a lot of people around the area do. And Robert Irwin Jewelers has been doing this for going on 42, 43 years. Howie and his family have always provided different, more relaxed ways to buy fine jewelry with less pressure and more options and at much better prices. They have something you'll be proud to give no matter what your budget is. They make you look good, and they help you show how much that you care. Bigger, brighter diamonds with zero down and up to 60 months to pay. So whether it's anniversary, congratulations, I'm sorry, I love you, Merry Christmas, birthday from $250 to $250,000, Robert Irwin Jewelers has something for every budget. There's five Memphis area locations, including the OG there on Perkins Extended, or you can go to rijewelers.com. Bigger, brighter diamonds, Robert Irwin Jewelers. Now, we have to get to some NBA news, and uh, we have more to talk about when it comes to Dame. The Raptors may get involved, and there's also a report from the Miami Herald 
that even if he gets traded to the Raptors, he will not report to camp. The only place he'll report to camp is in Miami. And uh, there is uh, from NOLA.com, Zion Williamson reports, our favorite off-season reports for Zion Williamson. They say he's been in the gym more, Connor. Say he's been in the gym more than he ever has in his career. We'll discuss when we return. Gabe Kuncho, 92.9 FM ESPN. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.